Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Defense! Defense! All the hard work, let's go! College football today. We are roaring with a huge slate of action in week number 10. Statement Saturday. Number one, Alabama. Number three, LSU. Doesn't get better than this. Welcome to College Football Today. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci going to be with you for the next three hours, breaking down all the top 25 battles. Rich, we're coming, and we ain't backing down. LSU ready for the upset later tonight. You're, you're, get, you're going right for the upset right off the bat. Right for the Not upset. Not even the cover. No. LSU double digits. <laughs> I'm, assuming, I'm assuming that we have LSU by double digits. Double digits, double digits LSU. Joey double digits. No, it's going to be a close game. Tua, Tua will be benched for Jalen uh, <laughs> midway through the Can second half. Listen, LSU is getting 14 points. To me, that, that looks like a lot. Uh, the one question that I have, I'd love Gabe's input on this, is the line has been static all week. Yeah. It's been around 14, 14 and a half. But you know with an 8 o'clock primetime game between two of the top three teams in the country, rivals, SEC West on the line, national champion, there's going to be a ton of money. Will that drive the line up or will that line go down today? It's a good question. Very interesting question. And I think it's going to drive it up. I think uh, it's going to be a case in which uh, the public is going to look at Alabama and uh, think that this team is invincible. And I think uh, the uh, the wise guys like the Joe Lisi's of the world uh, see LSU getting double digits on their home field. What's amazing to me is I've spoken to a lot of people, and I should say like callers and people on the street, et cetera, and they ask me, Marenzi, who do you like in this game? And I say Alabama by double digits. I think Alabama convincingly wins this game. I shouldn't have told you that. There's no reason to watch the rest of the show. Wow. Just kidding. We've got a ton of picks uh, for you today. Uh, and then people say, well, Alabama's uh, schedule has been soft this year. They haven't played anybody yet. Have we not seen their body of work, guys, over the last decade of dominance? I mean, really, there should be a DVD, the decade of dominance for Alabama. I think this is a reality check uh, for Joe Burrow and company in LSU. And I've been a big LSU backer this year, guys, but I think the number is going to go up. What's surprising is the total has come down. You know, it was 54, 54 and a half. We're seeing 53 and a half, 53s starting to pop up. And come on, guys, Alabama scored 54 points a game on their own. And then one last quick note, something to think about. Alabama, their numbers are so large, so you're not getting any value. Uh, with these guys. So really, it's almost value getting them only laying two touchdowns. They're 8-0 and against the spread in the first half this year. Wow. Yeah, and that's the intriguing factor when you break down this ballgame. Alabama was 21-point favorites last year in Tuscaloosa, and they won that battle 28-14. to But LSU did sack Jalen Hurts four times and out-yardaged Alabama. Different Alabama team with two at the helm. But that'll be the matchup. Because in order for LSU to win this ballgame, Rich, they're going to have to run the football, keep Tua on the sidelines. And this is an LSU offense that is averaging 190 rushing yards per game. 
Yeah, you bring up a good point because one of the unknowns that I'd like to know about, I mean, I really want to see Tua in this setting because he hasn't faced a great defense. Those receivers have not faced a secondary like they will. We talk a lot about Greedy Williams, could be the best corner in the country. Grant Delpit, maybe the best safety in the country. Christian Fulton, we forget about him sometimes. Top-notch, next-level cornerback. I can't wait to see... That unit, that secondary, DBU versus all of those great, speedy, sure-handed, those Alabama receivers run great routes, don't drop passes. They've been a major asset as a complement to that, uh, to, 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 to a, the other question is Alabama's defense. Haven't talked about it much yeah. this year. You know, no, the, you're exactly right. The, the names that are the stars this year, Quinn and Williams, Deontay Thompson. They're only giving up 15 points a game, ironically so, enough, even though they're up by so much, which right. is pretty impressive. Right. And that's been the one thing that Saban can yell about. You know, maybe he'll yell at uh, you know, Maria Taylor or <laughs> what can he get mad about? The fans, you kids, you're not loud enough. You, you're not, you know, you're not, you know, you're not here early enough. But it was the one thing that was sort of bothering him. Truth be told, I think it was just bothering him. They kept on getting backdoored. Mm. This stuff matters. Saban notices this stuff. A lot of coaches, whatever, if the spread's 32 points, they give up a late touchdown, they're winning by 26. They're not mad. I've seen Saban many times sort of say, get that touchdown back. He he knows what the numbers are. Listen, Sam Garns was in the studio. He told us, yeah, we know what the numbers are. Yeah, Coaches know what the numbers are. He said coaches more <laughs> than players know what the numbers are. So, you know, he, but the, the, the thing is, you know, LSU, I think LSU, are, it's the classic situation in which if they fall behind early, are they going to be able to keep up? And let's be real, guys. I think we almost throw all the past LSU-Alabama matchups out. I remember living in Vegas, sweating out those 6-3 games <laughs> when the guys were missing the field goals all the time. This is, this is a different dynamic with Alabama. Yeah. We've never had an Alabama team that scores 54 points a game, guys. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a different dynamic. That's a great point. I mean, the one thing about Alabama that really stands out, now granted, they've won seven straight over LSU by 13 points per game. The one thing that I, I think when you break down their offense as a whole, 56% conversions on third down. Yeah. I mean, that's a phenomenal statistic. I didn't even know they got to third down. I mean, I'm amazed they, that they've they even do, had, like, how many third downs have they had? Exactly. So when they do convert now, it's like, wow, it's really a backbreaker for opposing defenses yeah. because you're down for the most part and then have to stay on the field, and that's why they're getting worn down. Now, it reminds to, me of the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Yeah. You watch the Chiefs right now in which it's they can do pretty much whatever they want to do, and defensive coordinators are helpless. We don't know. Are you going to Tyreek Hill? Are you going to Watkins? Are you going to run the ball with Hunt? Alabama, before, let's be real, guys, Alabama over the last few years, you know, through the, the different coordinators, I thought Kiffin was doing a nice job, but in the post-Kiffin era, they never really had that identity, Rich. They never, and, and I think Saban was getting frustrated uh, by that. They have an identity. They're basically the Oregon Duck offense now in Alabama uniforms. Oh, no, yeah, they still play great defense. I, you know, this, I think this is the best Alabama team I've ever seen, to be honest. Well, defensively is where I have a little concerns in terms mm -hmm. of run support because we've seen them in years dominate opposing offenses at the point of attack. This year, giving up around 114 rushing yards per game, they gave up some big yards to Arkansas in that road win. Granted, they dominated that matchup, but they still gave up over 30 points. I always have a problem using yards and what teams give up when teams are ahead. Mm. 
But they when they're up by so much. Yeah, but I, that, that I know, I'm not saying game, this is the best that, Alabama defense no, but ever. That, but that Arkansas game was a little deceiving in the sense Arkansas fumbled on the one-yard line. They were down 21-7. to But who can do anything about it? That's what it comes down right, to. Exactly. The good team. Who can I'm exploit more worried it. about the secondary, though. Secondary doesn't have the same playmakers that they have. No, in you're the right. Minka, Depth, Fitzpatrick. Since Diggs was out. Exactly. But is Joe Burrow the guy to exploit that? And that's the question. That's why it all, it's sort of, it's sort of a basic comment, but I think it all comes down to Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow, he, he doesn't have to right. go toe-to-toe with Tua, but he has to make plays. He has to get them in situations where it's second and three, second and four, where those backs can then do some and damage. Some of those, a lot of times we've seen Burrow make plays with his legs. You, know, you don't think of him as a Michael Vick type, but the kid, you know, he wills himself to the first down marker. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that against the speed of the Alabama defense the, as well. The, the coach, I'm really he's going most- to have to be able to throw the football. It's basically, as you stated, it's almost like you know, like the Golden State Warriors, like the Chiefs, like Alabama. You're not going to shut him down. You're going to need to be able to trade points with him. The one thing I'll say about Burrow is I don't think the moment will unnerve him. He's a mature kid. I I think he's a bit unflappable. The fact that it's in LSU helps him a lot. Yeah, big time. LSU at night. The the coach that really intrigues me the most tonight is Dave Aranda. Because with two weeks, everybody's had two weeks. Both teams have bye weeks. but, But Dave Aranda, the LSU defensive coordinator, arguably one of the best DCs in the country. He's had two weeks to prepare. He doesn't have Devin White in the first half. That That's one of my chief concerns. I like LSU in this game. Part of the reason why I don't love it is because of what Gabe mentioned, uh, Alabama's fast first half starts, their ability to cover in the first half, and no Devin White. Not just arguably the best defensive player, but the heart and soul of that defense, not in the first half. So if, in the, if he comes back in the third quarter and this is a 14-17 point Alabama lead, obviously it's a big problem. Well, are we debating whether, like, you really believe, Joe, and I'm not saying this, sorry, like, oh, you really right. believe, but are we debating whether Alabama is going to lose this game or cover the spread? Well, I, I, I think that's the real debate here. I don't see the To me, losing. it's more about a cover. You I have to I, play I, the game. I think, the, I think listen, if you're I think the over show, is a better bet. Excuse yeah. me, I was just going to say, as far as betting is concerned, love the over of this game. Talk to this isn't an impenetrable Alabama defense. Right. I see LSU scoring 21 points, but I don't see it. Look, if Alabama puts up 54 points a game, they're not scoring 54 at Death Valley. Right. I think they score 38. But, I, but I'll say this. I wouldn't be shocked if they so got 38 21. That, that's yeah, where I'm thinking, okay. four, I'm thinking 44 21 type game. I'll we'll say this. 48 17. I think they blow them out. If there's one team that doesn't fear Alabama, it's LSU. And that's half the battle playing in Death and Valley. Clemson. And Clemson, and but we're talking wise, in the yes. SEC. LSU yeah. is the one team. You could say Auburn for the most part in the Iron Bowl, but at the most part, LSU feels they have the type Let's of Let's be real. Makers. Auburn just sort of get lucky every couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I think LSU for me, and when you have a team that's plus 12 in turnover margin and did it against Georgia, that could be a critical factor because if you could force turnovers early and jump up early and then slow the tempo down against Tua, that would be the recipe. I still think this is a high-scoring game in the sense of I think it gets into the 50s. I think it's 28 24. I'll call for the upset again. LSU is not playing this game to cover. I mean, they're at a point now. Oh, no, this they, year. they believe they could no, win. They're coming to win. Yeah. They're yeah. coming to win. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Oh, there's no, there's no question. This would be the biggest. Exactly. There's, there's no moral victories right. for no. LSU in this right. game. No. Not even close. You know what, though? With the college football playoff um, standings that came out this week, it's interesting. So, the for the record, I don't, I don't even want to talk about it too much. The first four that come out, not once have they ever been the final four. Mm-hmm. On average, two of the teams. Out of the first four, have actually made it to the playoff. One team out of the first four, every and all four playoffs, and one team has finished thirteenth or worse. After which team is that going to be? 
I'm sort of thinking it's LSU. Yeah, it could and be. I think 13th is a little extreme. LSU lose this game. They lose another game. I think LSU sort of the afterthought uh, when it's all said and done. Could be Michigan. You know, if Michigan loses today and then loses to, uh, Ohio, loses State. to Ohio State. But it's really intriguing. One of these four teams is going to fall out of the, 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 you know, fall out of the pack here. I think it's going to be LSU. Yeah. Could well, be no, no, no number three in the opening right. poll has ever made it to the college football playoff right. in LSU. And, and a lot of people think Notre Dame are on thin ice here tonight. I'm oh, not so sure. We'll yeah, get to fe- it. Notre Dame will lose in a regular season game. In my you believe so? Yes, I do. I don't think they'll run the table. I think that's so someone, tonight. Tonight, someone is picking off Notre Dame. It could be Northwestern. It could be Syracuse at Yankee Stadium. The Syracuse and game. Don't be discount a fun USC in a yes, one-game spot gonna, at the exactly. end of the year. Syracuse. The way Syracuse is playing right now, we'll get to that game. Are we going to that game? No, no. I mean, we got a, we got a huge matchup in the big. No, house. we might be physically going oh, to well, that game. No, I no. said, hey, we're going to the game. It's at Yankee Stadium. Are we headed yeah. to the Bronx? Is yeah, the question. Let's go. Yeah. Rumble in the Bronx. No, I know, Joe. I know guys like you to dress. You dress pretty well for I the Bronx. Not. You're gonna have to if dress it back, down. Back to the roots in the Bronx. We're we're dressing down. I wear. I wear, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll wear the baggy jeans with the with the Timberlands and everything else. I'll chill out. I'll bust so, out my leather jacket. That's it. Yes, we'll all be wearing leather in the Bronx. I like LSU down. to cover, guys. Yeah. To me, it comes down to the defense. It's Dave Aranda. It's that secondary. I think Joe Burrow makes enough plays yeah. for them to cover. I, I don't see the upset, but LSU at home getting 14 and a half. I have to lean towards the top. I think Alabama pulls away, and I think we finally see two in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah and he, here's here's one. That's the thing. He's never even played a full game. Here's one point, too. Just, just from a personal standpoint, a fan standpoint, from a Heisman perspective, he needs to kind of hope he's mortal because if he blows up tonight, it's over. I mean, I don't care what happens the rest of the way. If he blows up, he's he's running away with the Heisman, and then it becomes anticlimactic. It's not fun from a Heisman perspective. I hope he comes back to the pack a little bit, and you get a Kyler Murray, a Gardner Minshew well, in the mix. If you're if you're a to a fan, you almost want to see a close game to him for him to pull it out the way A.J. McCarron did a few years ago. Look for an NFL scout, Heisman you moment. want that. To have that Heisman moment because, I mean, they've just blown out everybody. Right. So the, I mean, where's the guys, Heisman moment? You guys are really, like, uh, looking. You're looking for uh, you're looking for freckles here on this now. And you're, well, he's got to do more. We need, we need a Heisman moment. What do you want for the kid? The guy's got like he's many touchdown passes. Well, I will say he, he hasn't been forced. Oh, I'm, I know. I'm, not trying, I'm, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to nitpick I think too NFL much. scouts would love to see this. I'd like, I think they want to see him under the gun in, in a tight right. game for a Heisman winner. I, again, I'm not trying to nitpick or, right. or find flaws. He's been spectacular, but for for a, a Heisman winner, I want to see him forced into a clutch moment. Yeah, of course. You, know, I, you want to call it a Heisman moment? Hey, I want to see him fan, have to be clutch. As a Michigan fan, I can't help but think of my boy Desmond. Right? You want that Heisman yeah. moment in the end zone? That's legendary stuff. That is cool. He's too humble to do that stuff. He's a very humble kid, uh, Tua. So you know, I th- I think uh, I think the, the the first the first half eight and zero. Oh, Eight no Alabama in the first half ATS is something that you have to seriously consider. But I sort of see this like a heavyweight, uh, you know, like a boxing match or a UFC match that we're going to tonight. Even though UFC is a little crazier, it's got to be you know a couple of body blows, feeling out process. Or does Alabama? You notice Alabama have thrown a bomb on the first play of the game quite often this year, just to sort of let you know. Yeah, by the way, you can't cover anybody. So I'm intrigued to see the. The style of this game early, how it plays out. But I can see LSU hanging around for a little while, but ultimately I just think Alabama are going to make too many plays for By them. the way, Jake Fromm against that LSU secondary, 47% yeah. completion. I'm not saying Fromm is too. Fromm's a heck of a good quarterback. We saw him last week yeah, against, Fromm, yeah. against he, Florida. I mean, he's... No, I know. 
He's a top-tier quarterback yes. at, in college football at Can't this wait point. to break down a Kentucky game. And I might have been outside of a studio in the rain last week, but I do recall. You were all over that. Again, Kentucky. Yes. Yeah. Kentucky. They, they played Georgia. I, I've got they... no real reason to say, oh, yeah, yeah, Kentucky can score enough points today to cover this number. But, but it's hard to go against them. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think more pressure on Eddie O to win this ball game. He, he needs to be aggressive. He has to pull out all the stops. He's playing in the sense of where the number three team ranked in the country. Now we have to take it to him. I think they're aggressive early on. They need to jump up early to win this ball game. I think it's, you said the total's in the area 53. I say right under that. 28-24, uh, LSU does get the victory. We'll talk about briefly about Michigan and Penn State. A big battle. Michigan needs this win. They lost last year in Happy Valley. Got blown out 42-13. to I like Shea Patterson here. They're coming with a week off of preparation. I think they're focused. And I think Penn State could be a worn-out football team at this point. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they had the bye week a couple weeks ago, but Iowa last week, tough physical game. Trace got beaten up. Michigan, different team at home. Quite frankly, Joe, different team in 2018. Yeah. They're just a different team than we expected this year. We knew they'd be good. They're better than good at this point, and I agree with you. I think Penn State is worn out. Yeah, I think when you look at the last four games against Ohio State, Michigan State, Indiana, and Iowa, that's the concern, especially for Penn State secondary. When we come back, we'll be picking up Michigan and Penn State. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci live from Studio 34. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back on college football today, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci breaking down all the top 25 battles later today. Just talked about number one Alabama, number three LSU. We'll turn our attention to number five Michigan at home with Shea Patterson coming off a bye week. Desperately needs this win over James Franklin and Penn State. Trace McSorley, really 90% of the offensive production for Penn State. We talked about we talked about the secondary of Penn State before break. This is a Penn State secondary, Rich, over the last four games. 270 passing yards to Dwayne Haskins, 295 to Brian Lewerke, 333 to Peyton Ramsey, and 235 in the rain last week to Nate Stanley. I mean, I watched that game. Iowa should have won. I mean, that turnover at the goal line. They got lucky. Now they go on the road. And I think that's where Donovan Peoples-Jones and that at Michigan offense attack Penn State vertically. That is not the personality of Michigan this year. I mean, the personality on offense has been Karan Higdon. Six straight, 100-yard games, uh, really having an outstanding season. Michigan offensive line outperforming what they have done in recent years. That's been a key factor both for Shea Patterson and for Higdon. But this is all about the Michigan defense. I mean, this defense, Don Brown probably doesn't get enough attention because he's – 
He's an older coach. He's kind of like a Bud Foster kind of guy at Virginia Tech. He's not moving on to any other programs. He's just a coordinator. He's a coach's coach and has done a remarkable job again this year. Arguably the best defense in the country, statistically the best defense in the country. And I think this is a long afternoon for Trace McSorley, who's not 100%. Had the leg injury. I thought he was heroic uh, leading that rally against Iowa last week, but he's not 100%. And, and Trace McSorley's at his best when he can make plays outside the pocket, when he could scramble, when when the pocket breaks down, he could pick up a first down. If he's less than 100% below the waist against that Michigan defense, that speed, that physicality, I think it's going to be a long day. I think this is Michigan. Michigan has been remarkably good, 5-0 and this year at home. They've covered their last five home games. They've been winning by 21-plus. I think that could be the kind of game they face against Penn State, plus the revenge factor off of last year. Joe. I am so happy you didn't wear the jersey today. This uh, Michigan defense giving up 90 yeah, I'm not sure why you think the jersey's like bad luck. The, the, you wore the jersey against Notre Dame, and they lost. It was one game. I've worn the jersey like 22 times in different games. Not for the Michigan game. Not for a big Michigan game. You've, you've worn it when they played Maryland, and they blew them out. They didn't cover that. You know, th- those types. No, no, of I games. wore it that day they played. I think it was against Wisconsin. I just didn't wear it here. Like, okay. I think I had it That's... on late later in the day. But I thought of you today. And I was like, <laughs> ah, I was going to do it. I was like, I can't wear it every time they have a big game. Like, hold up. I got to get a white one and mix it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's not a bad idea. Yeah. The white yeah, one is I, nice. How about yeah, yellow? Yeah. I love those yellow. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the yellow. Listen, it's hard to find in New York. I was actually with Joe when I bought it yes. at Modell's. You walked in. I they said, have yeah. this thing called the internet. You actually could order just about any jersey. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. These days. I've never ordered clothes on the internet. Really? I've never ordered a jersey or anything. Is it a sizing thing? I don't or, even think I've ever logged on to Amazon.com in my life. Are you worried about identity theft or... No, I like to take it off the rack and get a okay, feel for it. Okay, try it on. I like well, get a feel for it. But you, re- you raised a good point. <laughs> hey, listen, guys, next week we might have a problem, too. I'm dead serious. As you guys know, lifelong Michigan fan, Michigan uh, are in town next week. They're playing Rutgers. So the question is, what time is the game? Uh, it's still to, uh, to be determined because they're waiting to see if Michigan win this game tonight. Michigan wins this game. The Rutgers-Michigan game is going to be at 3.30. They don't win the game. It's going to be at noon. Yeah, noon game. Rutgers have played like basically like eighty-eight consecutive noon games because <laughs> the networks don't want them on. Not like, a, not a prime time program. We're talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah, here. So it's a big debate. It's like, all right, what are we going to do? Because Michigan wins. You guys, are one of the best teams in the country. Michigan are a popular team. They have a lot. You know what I mean? It's a, they're a big TV get. So it's interesting. This Rutgers Michigan game could be like the national game of the week next week at three thirty Eastern. Michigan lose today, it's noon. But if they lose today, I'm not going to go support them for losing today. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if we can all go together after the show. I think we can get out there. Yeah, let's we do we it. end at 1, and the game's at 3.30. Uh, but you raise a good point, Rich. It's kind of frustrating. We talk about teams losing their identity. Michigan had lost their identity. I mean, I, on the gift that I used to promote the show today on Twitter, it was a gift of Bo Schembechler. Their identity was smash mouth football. You thought of Michigan, you thought of, you know, the, the Jumbo Elliott types and the big, beefy, you know, the, the Hutchinsons, big, big offensive linemen run the football. Harbaugh's really had a hard time running the football over the years. Michigan have had a hard time running the football over the years. Couldn't smash it in and from inside to five. This is the first year where they're getting it going. The O-lines, it's almost like Michigan football again, where they have that stable of, you know, big-time backs uh, that can run the ball. Plus, you have the dynamic of Patterson, and and then their, their, their defense is elite. It's a great combination. Normally, Michigan haven't been a good double-digit favorite, but they're just so damn good. And I think Harbaugh's mad. Harbaugh's mad. There was a lot of mockery of Harbaugh earlier in the year. And I, you know, it wasn't that long ago until people were saying Harbaugh's going to quit. Harbaugh's going to get fired. Harbaugh's going to go back to the NFL. 
Now people are talking about Harbaugh going to the playoffs, but they still have work to do. Yeah, and when you look at this defense as a whole, 97 rushing yards allowed, holding opposing offenses to 122 passing yards per game, and more importantly, guys, they suffocate allowing you. only 28% on third down conversions. And when you look at Trace McSorley, I mean, only completing 52% of his passes, and you're right, he is lethal when he breaks contain, but that's the one thing about Michigan's defense. Yeah, they, they maintain their gap integrity. They'll maintain the outside force him inside in terms of his runs and uh, read pass options and that's why I think Michigan dominates this matchup. A couple with the fact as well Michigan converting 47% on third down conversions I mean they're running the football on Penn State allowing 168 uh, rushing yards per game recipe for disaster. You just said it Joe 168 yards. The Penn State defense isn't very good. No. Quite frankly they're just not very good. Yeah, I saw Iowa go up and down the field on them. They couldn't get a stop. You guys mentioned it. I think the back end of the secondary. There's a lot of open space over the middle of the field. Their defense really can be exploited. I would expect Shea to be able to do this exactly that today. The one caveat to that, and I was going to bring it up too. I'm glad you brought up defense. Defense can be soft, but that pass rush yeah. is really picking up steam. Yeah, right. They number that for the quarterback. Sixth in the country in sacks, Shaka Tony, Yator Gross Matos. It's a good point. Uh, but you know what I Miller. see teams so do. it's gonna it's gonna be incumbent upon bubble screens right over the right over the lineman. It worked for Indiana. There's a lot of open space yeah. in the linebacker to, to the safety region right in the heart of the field. But you're right, Penn PSU can get to the quarterback. Linebacker you, but the linebackers this year, not really yeah. notable at Penn State. Happy Valley, not great. Secondary's yeah. okay, but beatable. You talked about it right up off the top with the number of yards they've been giving up. It's amazing, though, how... But the pass rush, Michigan's offensive line has to protect Shea Patterson. Yes. That's the one the opportunity years, though, that Penn State has, plus Penn State 3-0 and on the road. That would be my only concern yeah. in terms of You uh, mentioned line uh, linebacker U. They were linebacker U, but things change. Remember, USC used to be tailback U. USC is now QB U. How many, how many big-time running backs have come out of USC over the last 10, 15 years? Uh, Not many. Ronald Not, Jones. Ronald Jones yeah. came yeah. out. You know Reggie Bush saying? came out. Herschel Dennis. Into, yeah, but almost, <laughs> almost, every, Royster back almost every one of their recent quarterbacks is in the NFL. Uh, you, you, look at, uh, you look at Michigan. Used to be O-line you. Every one of their quarterbacks. It's, it's, it's funny how the college football has evolved into different positions. Of I don't know if anybody's going to be running back you any longer other than maybe Wisconsin and the service academies because nobody's running the ball yeah. enough to really qualify as running back you. Maybe, maybe San Diego State. Wisconsin I, and the service academies. That's fig- running back you. figures that we had at Marshall Falk on last week yes. in San Diego State late in Agua. Yeah, what you guys doing to upset him? He's not here today. Come no. back and he's gone. <laughs> never again. I'll never <laughs> sit with those guys again. <laughs> Joe, Joe really can be. You, know, you guys don't know, right? Joe seems like a great guy on camera. Yeah, I'm a great you know. guy. I am uh, a great guy. Oh, yeah. Come on. Um, but you, I'm all kidding aside, you guys brought up uh, the military academies. Just quick note for you gamblers out there. We'll start taking your, uh, your games in the chat soon. Uh, when military academies play, it goes under, guys. 24 and 6 to the under. It's like 24 and 6 with like two, three pushes. So let's just call it 24 and 6. When military academies play each other, they they understand the, the, the ground attack. The clock just keeps ticking. No one's really throwing the football. Well, I think Air Force plays Army. So does that become like a. Like yes, a- but the problem is it's 42 points. It's 41 points. It's insanely low. Mm. And I look it up. I'm looking. Army haven't played a football game, guys. Like Army put points up. 
Army haven't played a game that was like a combined like less than 48, 49 points this year. Yeah, it's it, it'll be intriguing to watch that matchup. I'm actually looking forward to it. Army Air Force uh, Air Force played well against Navy. I think when you break this game down as well, I mean, let's keep in mind two years ago when Penn State did lose this matchup, that really catapulted them to to really w- getting to the Rose Bowl. Since they lost that matchup in Ann Arbor, I mean, they allowed over 300 rushing yards in that ball Penn game. Penn State have struggled in Ann Arbor. Penn State have struggled since they, um, even early in the earliest years when they came into the Big Ten, I was sort of concerned as a Michigan fan. I'm like, ah, our schedule's already hard enough. I don't want to play Penn State all the time. And Michigan generally beat them. You know, you know, Michigan struggled. Really, if you look at Penn State's success against Michigan, it was really in the, the Brady Hoke era, the Rich Rod Brady Hoke era. Franklin got that win, but Michigan tattooed him a couple of years ago as well. Yeah, I see, I see Michigan when... Same way like Wisconsin, not as high scoring. I don't mm-hmm. think they get up uh, 38. 31 17 type game. Yeah. 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 yeah I maybe think it's maybe a little area. higher scoring. Huh. You know, you look at the numbers, guys. Like, look, Penn State are 6 and 2 to the over this year. We were talking about their defense isn't great. They're actually scoring 41 points a game. For all their criticism of their offense, they are scoring. Michigan only gave up 14 points a game, and I think McSorley's going to turn the ball over a couple of times. He'll, he'll get, he's going to fumble when he's trying I, I to scramble. I think Penn State's out of gas. I, Penn State's out of gas, number one. And number two, don't discount revenge factor. Yes. I try not to overplay revenge, but because it's Jim Harbaugh, because it's Michigan, and because last year was 42-13 to 13 in Happy Valley, I, I think Michigan wants to yeah. win, but I think they want to keep yeah, their foot on the gas. we got a couple of real nice gas. guys in Franklin versus Harbaugh. No egos here at yes, all, right? exactly. No, no egos at exactly. all with these coaches. No. And, and Iowa, they left a lot on the field in that Iowa game. That was, that was a very physical and emotionally draining game. You saw Trace McSorley emotional, uh, weeping a little bit, hugging his dad after that game. There was a lot that was yeah. left on the field. To have to go to Michigan, Michigan realizing that they control their own destiny to get to the playoff, forget just the Big Ten Championship – I think this is a an impressive Michigan win. And to the point about the playoff, they're sitting at number five. They know number one is playing number three, and they have an opportunity to play a top-ranked team in, in Penn State at home to piece them when they know Georgia's on the road against Kentucky. Not going to be an easy game for Georgia. They have an opportunity to solidify a top-four ranking and, and entrench themselves before the new rankings come out next week. So I agree with you. I think it's a dominating Michigan home win. We'll turn our attention to another big battle in the Big 12. It's Oklahoma on the road in Lubbock to face Texas Tech and Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, I said this the other night. I mean, I think Texas Tech is like the... Vegas darlings in terms of no matter whenever they're catching points, they could be playing Clemson, the New York Giants, the Jets, it doesn't matter. Uh, They bet them down each and every week. And this week against Oklahoma and Kyler Murray that have won six straight over Texas Tech by 17 and a half points per game. This line opened up at 10 and a half. It's up to 13. Texas Tech is a live dog in this matchup. Well, I, you know, Gabe brought it up a couple of weeks ago, which is if you're going to look for the backdoor cover, if you're going to look for a team getting a couple of touchdowns to cover, you want them to have offensive firepower. And that, and that applies to Texas Tech. Now, listen, Oklahoma, I, I think they're going to steamroll to a Big 12 title. Said this weeks ago after the Texas loss, I don't think Oklahoma loses in the regular season again. Now you see that offense cranking up around Kyler Murray. But Texas Tech has a healthy Allen Bowman. He's their best quarterback, the true freshman, doing a nice job, coming back from a collapsed lung. I think they can go toe-to-toe with Oklahoma long enough to stay in this game. 
But watch out, though. I mean, I like Texas Tech. Don't love it. I would not bet this game. Watch out for Oklahoma because defense, little better since Stoops was fired and Ruffin McNeil came in. Just enough better. Some people rich and with think Kyler Oklahoma Murray. are the one team. I've heard some people think. I don't know if it was Herb Street. I've heard a couple others think. Oklahoma is the one team that sort of stylistically match up with Alabama. But with Kyler Murray, that they could sort of trade points uh, with them. Thing is, look, Oklahoma might stumble once a year or so, but they're they're just so dominant in this conference. Eight and three against the spread, their last eleven uh, conference tilts. The over is the way to go in this guys. Like you know, if you guys can What's break the it down, what is the number? Seventy. It's yeah, seventy one and a half, seventy and a half. Um, last time, last you guys time can break it down, over. and you do a great job of doing it. Uh, but I'll just cut to the chase for the guys who are going to be betting this game. The over is the way to go. I mean, we can go through the numbers, but neither team is going to stop either team here. This is literally going to get into the – it's going to get into the mid-80s. Mid Wouldn't shock me if we hit mid-90s, 100, actually, tonight. Well, here's the thing about Oklahoma. Again, they played uh, Georgia last year, and defensively, I mean, they're giving up around 165. As you saw, over, I mean, over, over, over. Yeah, I mean, I, the one concern I have, again, Kyler Murray is lights out. I mean, is he Baker Mayfield? No, but he's going to need to be on point. He's putting up Baker's numbers, he though. Is, he yes. is. He is. I guarantee you he is. He's completing over Over six and one. Last seven times these two teams have yeah, played, it's gone over. 59 Both Patrick Mahomes and Mayfield lit it up for what? Over 700 yeah, yards that was of a total classic offense? Game. Yeah, or classic. 800. I Texas Tech, seven and two to the over in their last nine. 20 and eight to the over in their last 28 uh, home games. Uh, Oklahoma's 4-0 to the over in their last four games. It's almost too good to be true. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> Almost that, too good to be true. That, that's the only thing that The game's me. going over. I don't know. I remember, and this is, it's not a great story, but I actually lost, like, I bet $15,000. I used to have a problem. <laughs> so I bet, <laughs> I bet $15,000 on a Saturday night. I was drunk. And I bet on Texas Tech and Oklahoma. It was one of those ABC games. Brett Musburger. I think Michael Crabtree was playing in those days. And I was like, Texas Tech are going to hang around. Caught a game winner in that one, right? Um, yeah. yeah, once he caught a game winner. Yeah. But uh, they also got tattooed once, like 65-10 or something like that. Texas Tech historically get murdered when they play Oklahoma. And this is a primetime game, TV. Oklahoma usually just drill inferior opponents in this conference. But I'm going to keep it simple. Uh, I, I, think I think Oklahoma are going to roll them, but I, I'm going to be betting the over this game. Yeah, I have no, I have no opinion on the over. I like Texas Tech. I think they win this game. I think they win this game outright. I, Texas I, Tech. I, yeah, I, I do. Well, I'm not sold on. I'm not sold on Oklahoma as a whole. Uh, granted. No, I am. I am. I get the numbers yeah, here for you, yeah. Joe. Because I tell you, look, if you take LSU on the money I'm line, you take Texas LSU Tech. on the money line, you take Texas Tech on the money line, and take another long shot on the money line, one of them wins, you're going to make money. Exactly. One of them, that's all it takes. But I can't, I can't take a, an underdog without them going in thinking they can win. And Texas Tech no, is right. toe-to-toe. We're talking about two basically rivalry games, LSU, Alabama, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. So if it was Oklahoma, Kansas State, I mean, last week they laid 25. Kansas State didn't have a lick about, to win that ball game. How about so. Rutgers on the money line? No. You, want, you want Rutgers no. on the money line? No, up there in, against uh, Wisconsin? But, yeah. but next week, I'll tell you this, oh, when no. Michigan okay. plays... Uh, Rutgers averaging 138 passing yards per game. Uh, Michigan giving up only 122. They're lucky if they get two yards of total offense in that ballgame, Rutgers. I mean, I'm just saying, in, in that matchup. But hey, LSU, you're getting plus 475. Yep, I took them already. Plus oh, 470 did. on Thursday. I so did. You put $100 down, you get I took uh, $570 parlay, back. I took them in with a parlay. I took uh, one, one of the games, Auburn, uh, another with Arizona State. And then the other one with Missouri, but there are my picks for. And your other, 
Your other upset, so you're saying Texas Tech. I like Texas Tech tonight. I do. I like them with the points. Again, defense has played pretty well for David yeah, Gibbs this really year. I mean, we saw that against TCU. Rushing yards yeah. allowed per game. And, and they're going so to get plus 400 there. Yeah. Plus 400 on Texas Tech. If you want to parlay to both of them, 28 to 1. Yeah. Wow. Home dogs as well. Both home dogs. Yeah. I, I like that recipe. With an opportunity, I mean, LSU needs to win. I mean, if they have any chance to, to make hey, it listen, to the listen, this playoff. stuff happens, especially from week 10 out. A couple of weeks ago, guys. Not 12 last week, right? Two weeks ago, yeah. there was a dude, I believe it was at the FanDuel Sportsbook. He bet like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 50 bucks. It wasn't even that much. $110 or whatever. I don't know how he did this, but it was he took Purdue on the money line against Ohio State. Okay. It's not too insane. It's it's bold. But he took Kansas to beat uh, TCU as well. well. And like his $100 turned into like 14000 or something. We'll, co- we'll come back with that story. Keep it where it is. Jolisi, Ritz, Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci live from Studio 34. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. college football today folks if you enjoy daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms yo that's like fancy math and metrics for you algorithms like select hundreds of lineups and entries you can't say algorithm no or spell it god forbid that's it i can't do any of that you have to try the props builder tool at mybookie.ag forget having to create multiple lineups ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches And avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up. And choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Joe, I think we have 12 o'clock best bets we we're going to discuss. We have, th- I, we have three between us. We're going to get into the Auburn-Texas A&M game, but I love Auburn in this matchup. Coming out of a bye week, they're 7-0 under Gus Malzahn. Every time they come out of a bye week, I think the matchup to look at as well is Texas A&M's offensive line has allowed 26 total sacks going up against Auburn's defensive front. They're only allowing 132 rushing yards per game, 24 total sacks. Texas A&M back-to-back road games. I think Auburn dominates this matchup with Georgia on deck. 
think they win anywhere between 14 and 17 points. And then give me the points. It's only six and a half, but Charlie Brewer is cleared to play in this matchup over Oklahoma State. I think they match up very well over the Cowboys. I think they get the outright win. Uh, when you look at Oklahoma State, they're on the road and do have Oklahoma on deck. So I, I love Baylor in that matchup. It'll be a bit of a letdown, too, yeah. after that big victory last week against Texas for Oklahoma State. I agree. That's a tough road trip. Yeah. I was watching Charlie Brewer's status all week because yeah. he's the key for Baylor and Matt Rule now that he's cleared concussion protocol I like Baylor as well I like Auburn I agree with you I'm a little bit I think it's a little more of a toss-up game for me I don't see a ton of separation between those two teams I'll throw out one statistic that would concern me last six games between these two teams the visitor has won every game that's something to keep in mind I think Texas A&M could compete with Auburn in this game, but I do like the fact the number went down to four. That opened up at Actually, six, now it went down to four. Now. Three, three and a half now. Yeah. yeah, I think Auburn's the better team, and I think yeah. they could dominate the offensive line of A&M, so I like Auburn just not as much as you do. My best bet at 12 o'clock, guys, is Ohio State. That number at 17 and a half against Nebraska, I think it was 17 and a half when we put it in. Maybe that's fluctuated. I think Ohio State with two weeks off, two weeks to stew about that loss against Purdue. Urban Meyer hearing whispers that maybe Urban's going to retire. Maybe there's health issues. Maybe he'll go to the Cleveland Browns. I think Ohio State is pissed off this week. And as much as I like the fact that Nebraska has regrouped back-to-back wins, playing well even before those last two wins, I think this is one of those games where the Huskers just go into a buzzsaw, which is going to be the Ohio State offense Nebraska has a developing offense. Love Adrian Martinez, love those wide receivers, but defensively, they're still more than a year away. So I think they struggle against the Ohio State offense. Buckeyes want to make a statement. I like them to cover that number. Yeah, when looking at that game, Gabe, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion. I took the points with Nebraska. The only concern I have about that game is two weeks ago when Missouri did stretch Ohio State vertically in the passing attack, same type of offense with Nebraska. Again, Ohio State coming out of a bye week, so we got to see exactly what Urban Meyer does. Usually he has the team focus, so can't argue with Rich there. I would just take the points, but not one of my best bets for 12 o'clock. You know what? You remember last week um, I was pretty disciplined. I still ended up giving, what, six, seven picks, and I think we won about five of them, uh, actually. I only have one game, uh, early game, guys. Most of the games that I like today are tonight, actually. And you know, I've got I noticed that me and Rich are on the same page as we normally are. Uh, I see we've got a couple of the same best bets uh, with the Ducks, et cetera, but we'll get to that a little bit uh, later on. Early game out of the gate here. Talk about teams that are upset and frustrated. I think the Wisconsin Badgers are a frustrated team, and I think uh, Rutgers, like, if you know, if you have a hangover, the best uh, tonic is a Gatorade. This is the Gatorade uh, for the Wisconsin Badgers today. They've never faced Chris Ash and Rutgers. Hard to believe since Ash has been there. Uh, you know, I think Taylor goes off. Taylor was held in check last week. It was a frustrating game against Northwestern for them. His, his record of 100-yard-plus games broken down. He's from the area, actually, too. He's going to go off today. I think this is just one of those old-school Wisconsin, you know, we rush for 388 yards. They're going to get back on track. I think they're going to punch Rutgers in the mouth here tonight. You know, I'm not saying they win by 50, but I, I'm, I'm comfortable laying the 28 here. They probably could win by yeah. 50 if they if wanted they to. They can't though. win that game. I mean, handily win like that 45-3, yeah. I'm by, thinking. They won 49-20 to 20 against Illinois, who's more competitive this year, and yeah. has moved the football. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Rutgers, inept type of offense, only averaging, like we said, 138 passes. You know, on the road, guys, Rutgers are averaging eight, eight points per game. Wow. They're giving up uh, 47. 
And some off-the-field issues with Rutgers. One yeah, of their linebackers point. was oh, involved yes. in a murder plot. Well, uh, that, that, that off-field issues is a kid smoking a bong like uh, in a dorm. Was, like he was, yeah, he, he was planning off. to murder two people. That's yeah, <laughs> right. an off-the-field issue. Yeah. That qualifies. That qualifies as an off-the-field issue. So we'll see how that game plays out. Twelve o'clock kick. Uh, Wisconsin and Rutgers. We'll turn our attention to the big game later tonight for Notre Dame on the road against Northwestern. Notre Dame opened up as an eight-point favorite. It's up to like ten and a half now. Really like the way Northwestern is playing. Rich and I were on Northwestern last week without Alex Hornerbrook. He's back in the lineup today. Still a one-dimensional offense for Northwestern. They can't run the football, Rich, only averaging 93 rushing yards heading into this matchup. Could be a big day for that Notre Dame defense. I still like Northwestern with the points, but it's not going to be easy in this ballgame. Yeah, I do too. Um, The one thing I'll say about the running game, true, the totality of the running game has sucked this year, but recently they have started to run the ball around Isaiah Bowser, who has back-to-back 100-yard games. Not saying that he's Justin Jackson per se, but uh, they've started to get something out of the running game, which is helping Clayton Thorson. The concern that I have, and I like Northwestern getting the points. I've mentioned last week that every Northwestern game, the underdog has covered. That continues because we both had Northwestern last week. So the underdog in Northwestern games, 8-0. Obviously, the Cats are the underdog here. Defense is playing very well. Gabe astutely mentioned what they did to John Taylor last week. My only slight concern here is Northwestern is going towards a Big Ten West title possibly. Is a big game. I know it's Notre Dame. It's a big game, but this is a break in the action. I wonder if their motivation is as high as if the, I hate when teams have to break conference schedule, play a non-conference game here in November for Northwestern. ND going for playoff, maybe national championship contention. Northwestern, they're really thinking about the Big Ten West. Yeah, and the strength of their defense is in run support, only giving up 146 rushing yards per game. The way you have to beat Northwestern is over the top, Gabe, so that's why I think this could be an over and a big day for Ian Book, and that's the concern I have in backing Northwestern, although I'm still taking the points in this ballgame. For me, you know, I'm going to take the points as well. Fitz just been a great, great underdog. Northwestern's been a great underdog, as Rich mentioned. The dog has just been barking. Uh, here in Northwestern games, and they have been for years, actually. To me, this is sometimes when you're playing, when you're betting, you're betting on a team. Like last night, I was betting on Arizona, and I was also sort of betting against Colorado on the road. That The caller, the caller's got to start to tighten. You you said, Rich, you think Notre Dame are going to lose the regular season game. There's going to be some point that pressure's going to kick in. You know, that we're this is real right now when we get into week 10. And also, it's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. On the road. Notre Dame should probably be favored by four and a a half, six in this game. You know, the the difference is it's on the road, but is it on the road? Chicago is pretty much the the city next to, you know, when you think of what's the big Notre Dame city? You don't think of Indianapolis. No, it's Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, big time. It's almost there. It's a home game. Yeah. Notre Dame fans are going to take this place over. Yet, you know, diving into uh, the database here, Mark Lawrence's database said, you're laying a lot of points here. One in eight, Brian Kelly on the road against the Big Ten is a favorite when laying more than three points. Mm. 
Yeah, like I said, I think Notre Dame, Saturday night, Northwestern. I think this game comes down to the wire. Yeah, and Michigan. I think they'll also be points. I think they're, they're going to go up and down the field. very well. And, and this, is, this is what Fitz does right. in Evanston, right? Every year, you're kind of like, oh, I like Northwestern, but they they were terrible in September. Maybe well, I was yeah. wrong. I'll give and credit And by to November, Joe. they're competing for a big I'll give credit to see. Now Joe pays attention. Oh, I'm giving credit here. I perked up. Yeah, he did. He really did. He really did. He said me? But I remember, if you guys remember before the year started, I said, I really like Northwestern this year like their win total over i said i think this might be a 10 win football team i said i think they're that good i was praising their coaching staff they came out they got it done for me against purdue then they just looked terrible and i remember you said joe because i said i remember one when we were breaking it down i said you know i thought northwestern was going to be like a nine win team this year or something you said they still might be gabe they still might be well they did it last year and that's the one thing they had offensive line concerns last year they started wasn't completely healthy Correct. earlier in the year either Correct. when they were now he is that's an excellent point with him and green excellent he wasn't point. healthy yeah. well this year at the beginning of the year he wasn't 100 percent. that's a really really good point yeah. and now you're starting to see even last week against against wisconsin that touchdown run he had, he's not a mobile quarterback, but actually showed a little bit of agility using his legs to get into the end zone. So that entire program is starting to head in the right direction. And my God, they could be representing the West in the Big Listen, Ten. Listen, we saw Notre Dame. Notre Dame were in tight against Pitt. Yes, I was going to say the same it's thing. It's that sort of same pressure type of They were tight against well. Vandy. They were tight against yeah. Ball State, and yeah. I wanted to bring Vatek, that up. Vatek's yes. first half on the road. I mean, that was a 17 And we saw, and quite frankly, Vatek's not a very good team this year. Yeah. No. Northwestern's a better football team than Virginia Tech is. And they're playing in... in they play with confidence. Northwestern feels they can go toe-to-toe with Notre Dame in the trenches. And this would be the biggest win in Northwestern history, yeah, wouldn't they, it? They, they stood toe well, well, I'd, I'd have to go, to go back and look. They, I'd have to go back and, when they played Michigan back in the day. They had some, I mean, with Anthony oh, Thomas. Who was, the, who, was the overtime, who won the overtime Darnell game? Autry. Darnell Autry. They made it to a Rose Bowl, right? With Gary Barnett. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was, they I mean, lost, they, but they, they had, made it to the Rose Bowl. So I would state. say that that, yeah, that was their best year. Yeah. You know, they had some huge years that, then. But, I mean, even after that, I mean, even Northwestern. Well, Joe, I mean, let's be real. They were also the worst college football yeah. program in America for exactly. a long time. Exactly. No, and but, but Fitzgerald is getting – they can be a contender long-term in terms of packed uh, Big Ten title eventually. I mean, they put $100 million mm. into the football facility. What does he make? Because whatever it is, he not makes, enough. He, well, he makes, uh, he makes about two and a half, three million. Oh, that, that's believe. pretty good then, you know, considering. But they yeah. put $110 million into the football facility. They have a state-of-the-art facility right on the lake that – really rivals any Big Ten or Power Five school, including Alabama. You know what it is also, and we've talked about this with Northern Illinois a little bit, who are sort of like a Big Ten light team. Illinois' struggles have opened up the door. And and what's making it really unique as well about, as we know about Northwestern, you actually have to go to class. (laughs) Like, there's actually real classes. It's a real university as opposed, let's be real, as opposed to about 80% of the other sort of top 20 teams. I mean, I'm just being honest about it, but yeah, it's very difficult. It's it's a challenge. I, he's one of the best coaches in the country. Yeah. And they did it last year. Someday, really- I, I used to think someday somebody was going to get Pat Fitzgerald, but now that they've pumped that money into the facilities, they've made an investment into that program, which was necessary not just to get better personnel right. on the field, but to keep the personnel on the sidelines. That was an investment in Pat Fitzgerald that he might be there for the long term. And don't forget, he was a linebacker. He is just Northwestern. Exactly. The guy bleeds the purple and black. Is that down. their colors? What do they call it? Purple. And to the I'm point, purple, pur- purple and, yeah, purple's purple, good enough. Yeah, purple. He purple. bleeds purple. He bleeds purple. And to the point about <laughs> Northwestern and Rutgers, they pumped the money in 
with the facilities. I mean, Rutgers took the money and didn't pump the money. I've back never been out the, there, but I've heard it's a real dump out it there. It really is. I mean, in terms of football, and how many times Seattle do you watch? I was there? watching a game last night. I was watching a Pittsburgh game. They're like, "What a play, kid from Union City or yeah. North Bergen." You yeah. hear it. I never really realized yeah. how many great players there are from New Jersey it's playing staggering. college football yeah, in the Big Ten, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's got like 10 kids well, from Jersey. Let me, let me tell you, let me, I'm going to throw one out, even though we're not on the Kentucky game. This one actually the took, Wisconsin, this took the Wisconsin me by running surprise. Back, Jonathan Taylor. Josh Allen, the, uh, the yes. Kentucky linebacker, the He's outside linebacker, arguably could be an awards candidate. Right? Where is he from? He's from Montclair, New Jersey. Yeah. Which is, which, is, Kentucky. which is about 20 minutes from the New Brunswick Kansas, I, campus. I don't even know if Rutgers even recruited the kid. Now he's tearing up. So what are they doing? What are the they SEC. doing? I don't know. What are they doing to Rutgers? Like, we know what they're doing to Rutgers. They, they've taken the money from the Big Ten TV revenue, and, what, what, and they're not pumping it back into the program. They're losing all the kids to Ohio State, Michigan, because— And they say they're, honestly, they're, saying they're about academics. That's fine. The problem is, if your reputation is that bad, even kids aren't going to want to go there. Like, even, like, I'm not talking about athletes. It's not a fun experience for the student body. They should be in the American Athletic. They should be in the Conference USA. Yep. This is this is where this the ugly side of college athletics. The Big Ten and Delaney. He just wanted to be across the street at Madison Square Garden, man. That was it. He just wanted the territory. And Rutgers were sort of the sac, you know, the sacrificial lambs in this. I think the Rutgers deans and the board, what a shock that a board in the Big Ten would let the, the students down. Uh, they shouldn't be in a Big Ten. It's yep. a problem. I agree. We'll see. Uh, another big game is in the Big 12. It's Texas and West Virginia. Ooh. Huge battle. Will Greer and the crew, David Sills, Jennings, looking for the upset as two-point underdogs. It's a fun game. game. This is a fun game. I think Texas rebounds in a big way. They've won three of the last five over uh, West Virginia, including 28-24, to 24, uh, 28-14 last year in Morgantown. They've won those three games by 13.6 points per game. I think Texas bounces back. I still think they played pretty well in the second half against Oklahoma State, came out flat. I think they get it done, run the football with Trey Watson, Ellinger. I think Will Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson have a big day against those West Virginia uh, defensive backs. Joe, I think they bounce back as well. This is a different team at home than they've been outside of Austin. 4-0 at home this year. Defense was terrible against Oklahoma State. I don't think that continues for a second straight week. Plus, they're getting an infusion of talent back into the secondary. Secondary was depleted last week, and it showed against Taylor Cornelius. I don't think it happens this week. Let's not forget that uh, the last time that West Virginia went on the road did not look like West Virginia. At Iowa State, the offense disappeared. They were shut down. Uh, by the Iowa State defense. I, I can see that continuing. Texas running the ball between the tackles, a little bit from Ellinger, now with an extra week to get healthy. Last week was his return from that shoulder injury. So Texas knows what's at stake here. If they have any shot of playing the Big 12 title game, they have to bounce back. I think that's exactly what they do. This is one of my better bets of the yeah, day as well. Yeah, we'll see how this game plays out. I mean, Gabe, I mean, uh, Texas as a favorite under Tom Herman really mm -hmm. hasn't stepped up, but I mean, a low number here at one and a half, too. I wonder about West Virginia. Are, are they as good as a lot of people were saying they are? West Virginia, historically, like if Texas just rear back and play Texas football and smash mouth football, you figure they win the game in the trenches, right? They'd be able to push West Virginia off the ball. But West Virginia should be able to score. I think this is going to be another track meet right now. And I actually wonder where the, the Texas kids are at right now. Uh, I, you know, I, that, that was really, really an emotional loss uh, up there at Stillwater. And man, it, man, what a, what a, what a great scene! Like the the coaches going at ah, college football, <laughs> love that stuff. 
Well, right, right, right to after, Gundy in the post game. How yeah, great was Gundy in the post game? Another classic. I'm a man. What do you do? That was better than I'm a man. That, that's care. the one I will remember. Don't worry about Twitter, man. <laughs> He's his, if you missed it. Yeah, so we know about Gunny. I'm a man. Come after me. Yeah, we all know that one. So he was asked about the Tom Herman. What do you think about everything? What, oh, on Twitter, they're going crazy. He goes, I don't go on Twitter. I really don't. I don't know we're, anything about Twitter. We're all men. Uh, yeah. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Marenzi, live from Studio 34.